0: What do you got rolled up today, man?
1: All right. So today I have actually, I started the day with uh, some homegrown. Hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. we get a little light on this, baby.
0: Yeah. For our okay. listeners, uh, chillanoid.net slash video to see this dank weed that our guest, uh, Michael Lasley, aka Higher Than Lasley, is that what it is on social media uh, here? Why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, go yourself Go with, high with your us.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm Mike Lasley. Hello, everybody. I'm High With Lasley on Instagram, high underscore with Lasley. This is account number two. You can find me on High With Lasley on YouTube, and I am the chief content director for IllinoisNewsJoint.com.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, folks. So we'll have all that in the podcast description. So don't worry about getting stoned and forgetting the tags. Look in the episode description, and you can connect with Lasley uh, on social media and check out their content. Uh, you got a lot pumping out for uh, a lot of different topics so kudos to that man i know it's a yeah. lot of work
1: so yeah i, I canvas has always been just I, there's just so much you know people talk about there's a market and then you don't realize the secondary the tertiary industries that serve all this it just it it reaches everywhere
0: yeah so you know i want to talk to you about today about Illinois cannabis, Missouri cannabis. That's that's one of the main reasons I reached out to you today. I know you've you've got a lot of information there. But before we get there, I just want to peel back the page uh, for our listeners that want a little bit that would like to know maybe a little bit more about yourself. Could you tell us uh, how did you find yourself where you are today? I'm sure it's an interesting story.
1: Yeah, well, um, so always been into cannabis. I've been smoking probably since I was 15, 16. Um I moved to Colorado in my early 20s, uh, right around 2012, kind of hop onto that legalization bandwagon, uh, you know, Green Rush, as everybody was talking about. Uh, when I got there, I actually did not take a position in cannabis. I became a sommelier and uh, started working in the wine industry, um, but still stayed really close to, you know, people that were backyard blasting dabs and, <laughs> just growing massive plants inside their apartments so uh after that i had a child i moved back home to illinois i wanted to, uh one of my kids to grow up around family and everything and i actually live very very close in about 30 minutes from the missouri border so i took a job over there as a retail lead uh, Illinois people will know it as an AIC, the agent in charge at a, uh, when they were medical only high profiles, uh, dispensary over there in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Um, I left there after about a year, right before they switched on the recreational and I worked for, uh, uh wellness group farms, which actually produces a rise products here in Illinois. And then now I've taken the chief content director and just covering the industry as much as I can.
0: Well, that's, that's a super cool story. I got to ask you before, I mean, this kind of relates to what we were going to talk about today, but just a little thing out of your story that I had a question about. So you worked at a Missouri dispensary as a resident of Illinois. That's pretty cool.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's really a question that you get a lot of the time is like, well, Hey, can you even do that? Uh, (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. It's a surprising amount of people that work from over there and that work over here and then from over here that work over there. So it, it's really, you need a lot of folks to kind of produce cannabis and to sell cannabis. And so sticking it to just being inside your state's almost impossible. Uh, sure. You just need so many people. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the one thing that I've noticed that's people are kind of shocked that you can, you can have your Missouri medical card, even as an Illinois resident too so that was something that I, I think is interesting. Missouri is much more open about their laws. They have a much less regulatory structure than we do around them.
0: Yeah. And I want you to tell our audience, you know, maybe the long short of how to do what you just mentioned, but I wanted to ask you, did you just say that it's vice versa too? like people from out of state can work in the Illinois cannabis industry too? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that. that work in cultivation centers, dispensaries here that are from right outside St. Louis on the other side of the border.
0: Yeah, I got it's got to be crazy. So I feel like if you live in St. Louis, it's probably easier to explain it because it it was partially legal in the state. And it is now pretty much, you know, adult use is legal. Right. Um, but I wonder, I bet you that there's probably people that live because there's those dispensaries on the Indiana border. I wonder if yeah. anybody from Indiana works in a dispensary because that's probably got to be. See, a,
1: that's the line where I do wonder. Uh, Because, you know, it's not it's not legal there. So theoretically, I feel I feel like you can probably get away with it, but you're probably going to get some more questions from, you know, maybe some authorities at some point. Or like I was, you know, I remember when and I don't know
0: if maybe you can tell me about this. I'm sorry that we're spider webbing all over the place, but it's all good. I've heard that some dispensary workers, specifically, I heard that a, a dispensary manager was trying to buy a house at one point and they like really called into question his income. And I mean, yeah. he he was a resident of Illinois. So I, I wonder like how that conversation would go in yeah, Indiana. No, this is
1: uh, Indiana. I don't know if it would even be possible. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, in Illinois, you still have to go through quite a bit of rigmarole. If you work in the industry, uh, same for folks that have like a 1099, if you don't have like a standard W-2 job. If you go in to get a loan for a house, even a car, there are going to be an extra set of questions for you that are not for anyone else and simply because you work in this industry. Uh, I don't know if you know, but you it's really hard to even get banking services even as like a secondary or tertiary industry. So like, you know, we at Illinois News Joint, it's hard for us to get hundred percent coverage on banking services simply because we cover the industry. We don't produce any cannabis. We don't sell any cannabis. We literally just produce news stories, but the banking system is so afraid of those laws out there that they don't want to take those chances.
0: Interesting. Interesting. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, even if you're just covering it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. man, what a weird place we live in. Well, Hey, let's uh i wanted to that's a pretty good place to start i guess just because that's a interesting development that i heard from you um you can be an out-of-state resident and get a missouri medical card give us give us the rundown how does that work
1: yeah so before uh they passed adult use recreational um they had their medical system which is the same as ours you have to be a resident of missouri when they switched on their adult use they just Took that out of the law. So there is no more requirement that you don't have to have an ID from Missouri. There's no residency requirement at all. So you could be a resident of all 50 states. You can live in Alaska. As long as you have an ID and you call a Missouri-specific uh, you know, doctor or somebody who gives out those, somebody who sends out those certifications for cards, totally fine. Um, I actually can concurrently hold an Illinois card and a Missouri card. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's literally, and it's like, you know, there are a lot of places it's the same as Illinois. There's it's telemedicine. It's 50 to a hundred dollars. You find one. Missouri is actually easier because they allow nurse practitioners now to uh, certify for cannabis.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So basically the same, you, so you're saying basically the same process you, you know, if you have uh, your primary, that's a good question. Can, can your, and sorry, I literally just thought of this one. Um, could your primary care in Illinois c- certify you in Missouri? No.
1: No, you okay. got to be registered in Missouri in order to certify patients in Missouri.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, I was, I was going to say that, yeah, you could probably talk to your main doctor or like you said, one of those services but it sounds like really you gotta probably you use gotta one of those, those services. services yeah but that's so cool still that that you're able to do that so so they certify you and then just like similar to illinois you go on a website and pay a fee and you've got your card
1: yep yep about a hundred dollars they send you a digital card just like illinois does ours even has their uh, the missouri ones even have their picture on it now which illinois got rid of um right. yeah just going to any dispensary i was shopping before adult use was passed so
0: that's so cool. And uh so I've got to imagine that there are perks to having a medical card. Uh give me a rundown of what the differences are. Um, you know, this maybe after we're done talking about medical, we could probably segue into adult yeah. use, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So tax structure is obviously going to be different. The same as it is here. You're gonna pay a much, much lower tax percentage. Theirs is around one percent uh for medical patients, similar to ours. Uh possession limits their possession limit is doubled so whereas yeah so whereas a recreational consumer can have up to 3 ounces which makes ours look sad anyway a medical patient can purchase 6 ounces of cannabis or the equivalent every 30 days uh nice. so yeah i mean just a a much more realistic use for somebody that's using something medically um outside of that they have uh they do have some reciprocity for us the only thing that you can use your illinois medical card for over there is possession so if you have an illinois medical card you are allowed to possess as much as a missouri medical patient and that was even before adult use but now you can have that 6 ounces on you over there and not have to worry about it
0: that's pretty freaking that's pretty fucking awesome and i just yeah. got to say that i'm so excited for what's coming because frankly like it seems like most regular cannabis consumers that are trying to make a, a smart purchasing decision, um frankly, don't go to Illinois dispensaries. I'm not saying that I'm not I don't even know how to list off a, a percentage, you know. There are some people that do because maybe traveling to Michigan isn't an option, but I've heard of a lot of people. It's all the time on Illinois trees, people are like, hey, look what I got in Michigan, you know, and they're blown yeah. away. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to wrap around to is Missouri seems like such a better option while you're still technically committing a crime. If you buy, you know, right, the yeah. you're going between states, it's just like, let's just be blunt about it. It's such a safer bet than yeah. traveling through the hellscape we know as Indiana.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that 50 or so miles through Indiana really is probably the riskiest part of that. You know, it, it's wild that you go to Michigan. You pay, you know, you get your $150 ounce of some decent flour, and then you're great there. You cross through this tiny zone where it's this is a federal felony, and you will go to prison, and then you get back to Illinois, and you can smoke with your friends. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Missouri will offer that option. 361 miles of shared uh, border right there, so... I really, I think it's great that now people over, you know, people much further south. Yes. People much further over on this the Western border of Illinois will have these options. Like for me, I live 15 hours from Michigan, <laughs> basically back back and forth. It's like a seven hour trip to Chicago for me.
0: You might as so well go to fucking Colorado.
1: <laughs> 100%. You can get an out of state Oklahoma card and go over there for easier than you can do mm-hmm. a Michigan trip for me. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of folks that see that, see that options going to open up. And Missouri is, is very welcoming. They actually don't have, whereas we have the the whole out of state possession limits are are different. They don't have mm-hmm. that. Everything nice. over there is there's one law. Follow follow the one law, which you know, be nice that Illinois would figure that one out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So really, really quick to your point before we segue, maybe to to your point that you just brought up. Um. I saw that on Illinois trees they said it looks like southern Illinois just got their Michigan.
1: That's right. Uh, I 100% is. <laughs> That's that's what our uh, Kentucky got their Michigan, Tennessee got their Michigan. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And you know what?
0: It just brings me back to a a question that that I was I don't know if I asked it to Brad Spearson, but I ask it to people as as Michigan comes up and then you hear Missouri pet like did Illinois miss their opportunity because at one point we were you know, I heard of so many people that would travel from southern states to Colorado, and then they were like, "Well, fuck it, I'll go to Illinois." Yes, it's more expensive, but I look at it as like it's cutting my road trip in half, right? Yeah. But now it's like I—I I think they would be tempted to just hop over to Missouri. You know, yeah, maybe
1: I agree with that. Um, I think we shot ourselves in the foot there. I think yeah. really, the, I think the biggest worry for us is that long term, we're setting up our industry for failure. Yeah. Uh, Everybody understands that when federal legalization is allowed, we do interstate commerce, you know, the prices in California, the prices in Oregon, the prices in Washington, you'll be able to ship it over here for cheaper. What people don't think about often is like, there'll be stuff coming in from out of the country, stuff coming from Colombia, and, you know, Ecuador, places that are are near the equator where it costs nothing to grow this. It'll be two, $3 a pound. And so, you know, The biggest, we don't innovate here simply because we don't have to. We just started seeing real rosin offerings on the market. I mean, the end of last year, beginning of this year, um, there's not a ton of flower options. You mostly just gonna, here's your flower. This is it. You know, in others, there's there's huge lists of infused pre-rolls and different form factors and all kinds of things that they have in these other more competitive markets. And there's a real... personal experience working inside these cannabis cultivation centers and working inside dispensaries, there is a real attitude of like, well, this is just going to last forever in Illinois. This is just the way it is now. And because, you know, nobody else in this industry has seen anything different. They've just seen the Illinois industry run the way it has. It's going to be a really harsh awakening for these companies, for these jobs. Personally, I think we're going to see at least 21 giant cultivation centers sitting empty in 10, 15 years in the state. And all these counties are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with all these gigantic liabilities. And that's something that they think on the front end, oh, we're getting all this money. There's all these jobs coming. But on the back end, what happens when this industry falls apart? Because we're not preparing for the future.
0: Yeah, can you please expound on it because you're putting it perfectly uh I just want to hear more. It sounds like you said, we're not innovating. And in other states that have competition, you're seeing that innovation. Just give me a little bit more on that. I love, I have a feeling I love what you're going to have to say.
1: Well, product offering and categories, obviously, is going to be a huge, huge difference. Pricing, we don't have the race to the bottom. Pricing that we were seeing in other markets, places like Michigan, places like Oklahoma, California, you know, <clears throat> We just saw cureleaf leave Colorado, California, these highly competitive markets where you can't just print money. I personally think that a lot of this industry right now is just in this, they understand this is a short play. A lot of these cultivation centers aren't owned by the companies that that are operating in them. They're just leases because at the end of the at the end of this, in a few years or or hell in a year or two when the feds come in and legalize, it's over. <laughs> And so it, there's a big spirit in the industry in Illinois of cash grab. One moment, I have a, a train <laughs> coming through here. It's no problem. Yeah, you're good. Um, I really think that the next the next year or two is going to be a big deciding factor for Illinois. How do we respond to Missouri? How do we respond to Michigan? Uh, are we going to see prices fall? Are we going to see these companies try to start innovating or do they just stay stagnant? And really, that's going to be the deciding factor. You know, you can push it out for a little bit longer and you can just kind of keep this alive. But eventually, especially now in this market where there's no, you know, interest rates are a lot higher than zero. It's a lot higher to get free capital out there. There are going to be companies that are going to falter because of the demand from out of state.
0: Yeah. And what do you think about, you know, the idea that the policies that they pushed for um, possibly caused this situation?
1: Yeah, the the snake coming back to bite its own ass. That's mm-hmm. re- I mean that's really where we are. Yeah, I I mean, but at the end of the day, does it matter to them? Do they care? You know, they got their profit. Right. They don't they don't own that cultivation center. That's a lease they're paying. They Mm -hmm. don't have they paid all these people fifteen dollars an hour to come in and trim. They walk away with their millions. It's done. That's what this was. It's a short term play to make as much cash as you possibly can. It's an extraction play. Get as much as you can out of this market before it's not possible to do so. And we're just coming up on the point where it won't be possible to do so for much longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, amen to that. Well said. Well said. Well, hey, to get back to it, we were talking about Missouri yes. Medical. And we'll probably get back to that subject, I'm sure. But um, you know, because I feel like we both have a lot of thoughts. But Missouri Medical, we were talking about that. And I felt like we were about at the point where we wanted to start seg you you were talking about the fact that, you know, there's one rule for no matter if you're a resident or non resident. And I felt like maybe that was a good place to segue for adult use. But just in case, do you have anything else you wanted to mention about medical? Like um, and maybe it'll come back up when we talk about maybe the differences between cultivation. I don't know if there are differences between home cultivation rules or not, but quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Quite a bit cool. of medical, uh, it's not limited over there. Uh, I just kind of run through the numbers. I wrote a little article that we're going to have on Illinois news joint about the differences. Sure. Uh, yeah. but just a straight apples to apples comparison, the population of Missouri, is 6 million, we have 12 million people here. So literally you're working with twice, twice as many people. The number of active patients right now in the Illinois medical cannabis program is one hundred and thirty seven thousand one hundred and thirty eight. The number of Missouri active patients is two hundred and two thousand. So they're already blowing us, blowing us out of the water when it comes to medical patients, the number of approved cultivation licenses over there is 50. So for as many we have twenty one. So for every Cresco and Rise and GTI, they have fifty of those you know, those level of cultivation centers. They have 196 operating dispensaries. We have 113. Uh, so just they've built a much more flexible regulatory framework, and I think really it benefited from two things: one, time. So you get to see everybody else's mistakes. You get to fix them. And two, it was a ballot initiative, which we do not have. Really, I think that was one of the biggest factors is that, you know, the people got to decide on this. This was not put together by lawmakers. You know, mm-hmm. sure, there are lobbyists that help create this and and help put it together. At the end of the day, this was the voter's choice, which we did not get to do here.
0: And I can't remember. And again, I'm not trying to like pop quiz you, but like did a uh, it. When it's a ballot initiative, it actually becomes a part of
1: the Constitution. Is that correct? Amendment three. This is amendment three. So if you want to go in and you want to change any of this regulatory framework, you have to go through a ballot initiative again. You're going to have to amend the Missouri Constitution once again.
0: So that's Uh, pretty strong.
1: Right. It locks it in. It really does lock it in. Which I found well, another thing I found most interesting is that all of the Missouri medical patients really are reacting to this the same way that we reacted to the Illinois adult use as Illinois medical patients. Even with this much more open regulatory framework, uh they're they're still not happy with the switch from medical to adult use. And that, you know, this being an amendment, this being in their constitution, that was one of the things they were talking about that. It's going to be almost impossible to change this unless you do it all over again.
0: Oh, uh, so maybe that's kind of the double-edged sword of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. If you didn't get enough licenses in this first run, well, you're going to have to do the whole thing over again to get more licenses out.
0: And in a different but similar way, we're kind of there with Illinois, too. Like, we're, we've we basically hit the point where I think there may be – f- one more lottery if i'm not mistaken for craft and and maybe maybe possibly for when um because i don't know about you but i just feel that it's it's inevitable with the deadlines that are approaching that people are going to have to sell their licenses or give yeah. up their licenses and so yeah. i don't know how that's going to work but you have to imagine that there's going to be some other sort of way to give out those licenses but who knows because you know uh there's still that 21st cultivation license uh, that never yeah. has been issued yeah. right um but but i guess what i'm trying to say is they're in, they're kind of in a similar position to us that in that the crta is kind of passed as it was it's almost fully implemented and frankly if we do want anything else we're going to have yeah, to pass, pass law. new laws yes yeah. 100%
1: so. it, this really does lock it in um Missouri definitely does not give their regulators any kind of leeway with their frameworks. They are very straightforward with what the law says. This is the way it is. Same as over his same as it is here. Uh, regulators don't have a lot of leeway. So these options with like one thing I will say is that, you know, it was nice to see our our regular side. So uh, you know that's not in law here, but to be able to be a little flexible with those emergency rules, that's something that is outside of the law's purview that does affect a lot of people. Just one of those things people don't think about.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, uh, I feel like I got got you on a slight tangent. Back to you were bringing yeah. up raw numbers and stuff. Anyway, uh, any yeah. thoughts on that.
1: Straight up, uh, Missouri's just beating us let's go with their home grow. So all adults 21 or over are allowed to home grow in Missouri, you do have to put in an application. And it is a $100 fee, which is a little bit different over here. But they have a six count plant uh, six plant count limit, which is one more than us, even if you're a medical patient, the only people that get to grow here. Um, So one of the biggest problems with Missouri's home grow law, though, is that it requires you to uh, you really give up a lot of rights the police are allowed to come into your home into your grow at any time you have to submit plans for your grow to dhss to be approved from the state and then once they approve them you can start growing there so they 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 did give up some some pretty essential rights for that home grow ability wow. yeah it's uh, that's one thing i just cannot agree with um yeah tax structure is very, very different over there, which kind of everything, you know, it's always been, even as I was a kid was, you know, you, you, run over to Missouri to get your gas so that you don't pay that extra 30%, you know, the 30 cents in taxes in Illinois, or, you know, my grandma ran over and, and picked up a carton of smokes every week. And that was what she, you know, because you go to Missouri uh, and it's, it's the same with cannabis, they have a 6% tax on their base in addition to their already 4% state sales tax, and then counties and municipalities have an option to add 3%. That's it. That's uh, as compared to our very convoluted structure, wherein different products have different amounts and different taxes. State The state sales tax is 6.25% in addition. County and municipalities can add 3.5% of taxes. So just the entire tax burden is not only more costly to actually purchase things in, it's more costly to maintain. It's more costly for these companies to maintain all these databases that they need in order to figure out, oh, is this a is this a 10% or is this a 20% or a 25% tax? So I, I think Missouri just saw that, you know, a little straightforward was a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, and like I said earlier, their possession limits just blow us out of the water. Just Six ounces for medical patients, three ounces for for uh, adult use consumers. You know, over here we're we're at five ounces, essentially five ounces per month as a a medical user, and then thirty grams for recreational consumers, which is just absolutely dwarfed by what they've got. <laughs> right. And then I did a little, yeah. And then I did a little, just talking about taxes and spending money. I did a little bit of research on just what's the closest dispensary to me. I'm about Fifteen-ish minutes from the closest dispensary here in Illinois. I'm about thirty minutes from the closest dispensary in Missouri, and so I just flipped it up. What's the cheapest eighth I could get over there? It's thirty bucks. Uh, cheapest eighth I could buy here is fifty dollars. Same for cannabis concentrates. Thirty-five dollars for a gram of uh, wax, batter, butter, whatever. It's wow. fifty dollars here for the cheapest one I could find, and it's just the, the dispensary's closest to me and whatever's easiest. But uh, and then if I wanted to get that to me, Illinois will not allow delivery. Missouri does. So <laughs> you're not seeing they, it outside of the city yet, but it's yeah. definitely in the law. OK, gotcha. I was
0: going to ask, would they literally meet you at the border or what? <laughs> like what? what a,
1: how yeah, would we we'll find out? I think I think once the dispensary I worked at does maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I can like, call in a personal favor. But I think, yeah, I've. Essentially, they'd meet you in Cape, which is, you know, you're on the very border cool. there. Yeah, very cool. I think uh, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is just that they're much more open to cannabis over there. They're just more open to cannabis use. Um, it, the time benefit was one of the biggest things. I, I think watching, you know, we got a lot of tax money out of it, revenue built out. There's these jobs that come out of it. Is people are really excited. Even people, I live in an extremely rural area. When we passed medical here in Illinois and when we passed adult use, there are a lot of grumblings around here. A lot of people that just you know, weren't happy to see this kind of change. And in Missouri, they're just as rural over on that other side of the border. They don't care. They want jobs, they want production. They want to build their economies back and they see this as an option for that. They're much more open about uh, public consumption which essentially you can smoke cannabis anywhere you can smoke cigarettes in Missouri.
0: What? Yeah, straight up. Yes. Wow. I know. Ain't that America?
1: I know. That's. I mean, really, some freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I, we've Man. just built this framework here that just does not work in reality.
0: Yeah. Do you, do they? I, and if this question's a little premature, it's okay. Uh, but like, do they have like licensing or anything for uh, consumption lounges?
1: So they are going to issue consumption licenses later this year. They're also going to uh they're announced what they've what is essentially our craft licenses. They've got these micro businesses coming, mm. which are limited yet again on plant count and size and dollars per year and all these other silly things they've got 150 of those applications ready to go. So they're, they're going to be expanding quite a bit this year at the same time that we'll finally see some of our craft licenses start to come online, hopefully.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I mean, I know even... Um, I, I'm curious to hear what you think. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see... You know, so... Hmm. I don't know. I've heard of a few different companies that seem to be that have a craft license, but they seem to be angling towards, let's just say, not craft cannabis right off the bat. And it's because, like, I get it. Like, it's going to take like a year or so to get it yeah. worked out, right? So, might as well start off with concentrates and edibles and stuff yeah. like that because. You know, even if your product isn't good to go immediately, you still have the option of remediating it and then putting it into the edible, right? I think it's,
1: I think it's a survival thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean it's smart. I get it. Are, yeah. No, I, I, I think it.
1: it's I think it's just the option that the, a lot of these people have to take. I think mm-hmm. for the last, you know, you've had two years where you've been told, Oh, your business can come online soon, 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 and then we finally do it. At the same time that a lot of free capital is drying up, the markets have really shifted from where they were in 2020, 2021. And -hmm. so with interest rates up near 4%, people are not willing to give loans to risky businesses in the same way they were before. Even in a market like Illinois, where it seems like a sure bet, because you've got all these lockdown licenses and sales sales are still running, um, there's just not... When you can go to the government and say, hey, you can give me a 4% interest return anyway, there's almost no reason for a lot of these investors to give money to these smaller people. So, for them, getting online and getting stuff out and sold is so important. And for some of these folks, probably the difference between keeping the business open and having to sell the license.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to be clear, not not hating on it. I I just oh, no, realize that's a start. That's a, that's the smart strategy because that is a way you can approach. Yeah. Like Illinois Cannabis has carved out in the law a way for you to approach the business in a lossless way. In other words, yeah. a way where you're kind of mitigating all the risks.
1: To. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. So so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting though to, to see it come all online. And I think um I'd just be interested to see, you know, you've already I, I don't know actually, have you seen the legislation where they're talking about pumping up it uh, looks like craft grows to like 27,000 square feet, which is like, OK, now we're talking because like if you look at like craft brewing operations, like they're never I mean, maybe, you know, of a few and maybe my experience is anecdotal. But I mean, I've talked to people at the Illinois Department of Ag that have even acknowledged that like craft breweries usually sit around like 40 K to 70 K square feet.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you know What I mean, the the, the grow limitations is, uh, is- I mean, those are death knells to businesses. I don't understand the logic behind those at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those people have to go, have to go yeah. up near, in order to get to those economies of scale, which is where, yet again where they're going to survive. We right. need 27,000 is still not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, these, the full-scale I, And I pulled that number, centers, I should probably yeah, see yeah. but
0: But you're full-scale right. Full-scale yeah, cultivations,
1: they're limited at 220,000 square feet, and they're still building out. I mean, and you
0: know what I recently found is that they're limited, and I'm still trying to figure this out, but like I've read a few articles now that indicate that, yes, like you just said, they're in, they're limited to 220,000 square feet of adult use cannabis. But please get back to limit
1: for medical.
0: Correct. And my question is I mean, seed to sale would seem to thwart that, but I start to wonder, like, you know, <laughs> if you don't have a limit, like to me, I would figure out a way to take advantage of that. Let's just say that.
1: that it's interesting. No, I, I, you look at places like uh yeah, again, place I work, nature, uh, wellness group farms. Mm-hmm. They're really expanding. They're going sure. from, you know, they're going from two buildings to five. They're going to have a million square feet of total space. Eventually I right. have 600 employees out there. Where's the limit? Where does <laughs> mm-hmm. it stop? You know, um, what they do really is is white labels. So you've got you know six or seven different labels under one building, and essentially all you're doing is building a space for these other companies to come in and say, "Oh, you'll grow this here and then technically, you know it's not actually grown by that company, but you can slap that label on and call it a different thing, and walk it out the door. And I think right. that's uh that's probably I, I don't think many people understand that that's what's happening, yeah.
0: Yeah, straight up, straight up. But anyways, uh, we went off on a veer about yeah. uh that we were comparing cra- the craft uh cannabis in Illinois to um Missouri, and we were obvious what we yeah. got into was the complications. Yeah. Anyways,
1: though, back to that. Yeah, they uh they aren't online yet, so we'll kind of see. Their limitations are pretty egregious too, though. Uh, they have some that are limited to like two hundred fifty plants, which is yeah, pretty ridiculous. I think they're also limited to $250,000 in uh, profit a year. And then, uh, yeah, very interesting. And then their social equity is not social equity. They are so focused on veterans. Uh, everything is is based on whether or not you're a veteran. All the money from the cannabis fund goes to the veterans fund in that state. Um, so not a big push for social equity over there. Not not like it is here. Gotcha.
0: Any there is there any like or is that kind of what they mention as social equity
1: is the veteran thing? That's they essentially yeah, that's what they call social like they, they they don't talk about the word social equity very often. They just talk about veterans' benefits and their okay. laws. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's a product of trying to get stuff through a Republican controlled legislature. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: A buzzword that you don't want to be throwing around, I guess, exactly with Republicans. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch how many times you say equity. It balances out though if you say veterans enough times. So, yeah, yeah, I, I really think that uh, we'll probably see some effects from our market. the The question is, do our regulators respond? You know, do do we do anything about this? There's a lot of there's a lot of legislation up to to make some little bumps and changes to the Illinois market, but we need drastic, uh, you know, complete re. Assessment of what we're doing here, and I don't think we're going to see any movement until it's put too much financial strain on a lot of the companies that are in the state.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was the question I uh, was—I've been holding. I didn't want to ask it too too soon because I wanted to hear like. And I'm not saying you can't still add. Obviously, there's maybe more to discuss, but yeah, I was kind of building up to the question of. Yeah, what do you think this impact is? You may have seen we shared an analyst's uh, perspective. It was from Benzinga or something like that. I, I, If I remember, I can try to throw that link in the podcast description as well. But if not, folks, check it out on our social media. But yeah, I'm curious, like, uh, if you have more to mention, obviously, feel free. But yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the impact to Illinois cannabis.
1: You know, I really do see, we'll probably see a 20 to 25% sales drop over time. How fast that happens, I do not know. Uh, Missouri did not see the kind of push up that we saw after medical use. Uh, the prices really jumped here. When we legalized adult use cannabis, it has not happened over there. You know, their, their prices jumped up maybe 5 to 10% in a lot of dispensaries. Um But yeah, people are going to flood over the border. There's no question that there's a lot of folks down here who could get taken care of better over there, especially when people find out that you can get a medical card over there. I think that's a big thing that they're producing or they're doing for people that we can't. We could solve that in two seconds. Reciprocity is the easiest thing for regulators to take a lot of that really quickly. I don't know if you saw that story about... uh, or I know you saw that story because I saw it on your podcast, The Kentucky, uh, the governor of Kentucky, essentially yeah. kind of legalizing medical, but not in this gray area kind of like, well, screw it. This is the way it is now. Uh, you know, those people could be taken care of in Illinois, but if it's another 20 minutes to Missouri, it's another 30 minutes, you're going through Cairo. Why wouldn't you? So you you just have to, I think a lot of these decisions are made without people who are at a lower socioeconomic standpoint in mind. A lot of people purchasing cannabis just don't have a lot of money. You know, I, I think there's a lim- There's kind of those limitations built into our laws to kind of, on purpose, to, to try to keep people that are at the lower end of the socioeconomic ladder out of cannabis or away from it. Uh, you know, I, I, but I think they really do push the market. They really do make a lot of decisions for the market. And people don't realize how much that those consumers leaving your dispensaries and choosing to go to another state is going to affect things. You you think, oh, this person just comes in and oh, it's that as somebody who's worked at the dispensary, the guy who comes in for the gram every day is annoying as hell. <laughs> but he spends a lot more than the guy who comes in for the, the eighth every two weeks or the half ounce every month. And so taking care of those people is really important, not just on a dispensary level, but at a state level, we're just completely throwing those people away for no reason. That, was it. And that brings me to another, uh, another little thing that Missouri has much better packaging laws than we do. Uh, when I worked over there and it's still the case, you can get deli cannabis. So you have a big, pretty jar of weed in front of you that you take down, they open the top. That was my first move when somebody walked in was, hey, can you, you want to smell this? And just shove their head inside that jar because there's nothing like it. And just the idea that you should assess something you're going to consume through a glass jar with no smell and just take it is ridiculous. I just can't understand why we did that.
0: You just put me in dreamland. Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing about purchasing cannabis, and it's the one thing that Illinois took out of it. Like I can't smell it. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: No smell, no sell. I just don't understand.
0: Yeah, it's just insane. That is so good to hear.
1: Yeah. I've heard some I've I've heard that like theoretically, legally, in Illinois dispensaries, you could have like smell jars. You you could have like yeah, display jars, you'd have to destroy the product afterwards, mm-hmm. and it would be a little complex for some of these retail operations, but I think it's technically allowed.
0: You no, know, it absolutely is. We covered it in a, just shameless plug. Episode 232 of our podcast for folks that want a deep dive of the history of cannabis in Illinois, that was one of the things I made sure to include because as a medical patient back from the early days, they would have little sniff jars now. Yeah. They would only last about a week, and then like you say, they'd have to destroy them. And there was actually even display jars so you could see the nugs, but that was also complicated because you had to check it in and out of biotrack to put it into the display case. And at the end of every night, you had to check it back into inventory. And long story short, the regulations basically are just a pain in the ass, and so operators tend not to take advantage of those parts of the law because, I mean, they just know people are going to buy in and come in and buy. you know.
1: So. Missouri has that same kind of setup. Whereas, uh, when I was working at the dispensary, I checked out our our some of our displays and checked them back in. Um, they have the same kind of. I mean, we don't have they don't have biotrack over there. They have metric, which is you know in about thirty five other states. It's the same kind of setup. I just think that there's a lot of. Yet again, I, I think there's a lot of. It's good enough in Illinois cannabis. I think there's a lot of like you're getting your weed right. People just exactly. Yeah. I always say
0: I always say like, you know, because I've been to the dispensary, especially when I first got my medical card, I went to the dispensary like a lot because I was going to Colorado to get all of my cannabis. But then I got my medical card and, you know, yes, it was expensive, but I looked at it as a convenience charge. Like, okay, I'm not having to buy I'm not having to drive 15 fucking hours for a cartridge. Right. Or something like that. Um, I didn't know at the time that I could have gone to Michigan, but that was before. It, it's funny. Actually, if you go back to the first few posts of the Illinois podcast, I thought I was going to be like a product reviewer. That's when I first got my card and I had access. And I was like, oh, this is a good time to start doing product reviews because, you know, adult use was right around the yeah. corner and stuff. Um, but anyways, uh, I don't even know why the fuck uh, I brought that up. We were talking about smell jars and all of that stuff. Who
1: knows first days of legalization, you went to Michigan you were were talking about getting taken care of and like, it's just good enough.
0: Oh, yeah. One thing I was going to thank you. You jogged, you jogged my memory. One thing I was going to say is that I had a lot of experiences even as a medical card holder, but then it like more as adult use came where people would come out like they'd try to negotiate with the bud tenders like, oh, you know, you throw in a free pre-roll or like can do so (laughs) because, you know, you can do that in other states and sometimes people will do that for you. Yeah. Um, but then they'd like wa- they'd like walk out of the store like yelling at him and it, and like it's funny because the perspective of the bud tender was always just like, where the fuck else are you gonna go, dude? Yeah. There's like two in town yeah. and there's like fifty in the state. So yeah. drive somewhere else, get lost, <laughs> you know. But now that, like you say, these other states are coming online, they may have to change that approach because You know,
1: that's always been my belief is that one of the best things about legalizing cannabis is that you can professionalize it. You can turn it into a service industry. You can turn it into the industry. It should have been from the beginning. I know a lot of people will really hate this idea of, you know, trying to corporatize and do these things. You can have great, really solid cannabis businesses that work ethically, that work intelligently, that take care of their people. That is possible. And I want people to see that so much. One of the biggest trends I saw working in dispensaries, working in in cultivation centers <clears throat> is that people, both consumers and non-consumers, have a bias. They have a preconcep- a preconceived idea of what a stoner is, what a cannabis user is. And then they come in and, and they just do a mediocre job because they think, oh, well, it's just weed. Everybody's just hanging out being lazy. And they think that's okay. And they think that's just the way it is. And so I really hope the next few years, you know, the competition increases. I hope we drive that out of the industry. I want people to look at cannabis the same way that they look at any other or good that you want to take care as much, put as much passion as you can into this product, create a great experience for somebody. Not the flower's done, get it dried, get it out the door for 60 and eight. And that's where we are right now. But I think we're really at the end of that era of this cash grab, get what you can, take what you can era. And I think that's what's most exciting about Missouri, Michigan, and the other states coming online. Yeah.
0: I hope, I hope you're right. I pray that you're right. I don't even know who I'm praying to, but <laughs> I tend to think that you're that you're right. I don't know how people can stand for it as you get more as more and people more and more people get exposed to what cannabis legalization should be i mean it's hilarious i don't know if you've ever heard people or i mean i'm sure you've have you did you say you worked in illinois dispensaries at all
1: no illinois dispensaries just cultivation center
0: okay i was gonna say it'd be interesting i don't know if you've ever talked to bud tenders from illinois but it's always funny to hear the complaints they receive from yeah. people that are out of state. Cause they're just yeah. like, what? I can't smell it. You know, just b- basic things that we've already
1: oh, talked sh- about. Shocking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for Illinois, Canada's uh, bud tenders. I-, I really do. I, I do They get set up in a, they just of the worst possible positions in this thing where people should be demanding, but at the same time, your hands are so tied by regulation. You're not much more than a cashier. It sucks. Mm-hmm. You can have all these great recommendations, and I think that's a really part, important part of a bud tender's job. But at the same time, you're not allowed to look in any of the packages. You're not allowed to smell anything. You're sampling, especially if you're making, what, $15, $20 an hour. If it takes you three hours of work pre-tax to buy an eighth, how much product are you really getting to sample? How much product are you really getting to try? Right. It can't be that much. And so I, I think people come in and they the uh, bud tenders get treated like this lightning rod. They go. Uh, Take out your problems here. All right, get out and get your weed and that's it. Mm -hmm. So I feel bad for folks like that. In Missouri, it's a little bit more of a, uh, you know, you have a little bit more knowledge depth simply because you work with so much raw cannabis. I mean, you work with so much raw cannabis over there. And so being able not only to, to show people the different smells, but then open that jar and then take out that nug that they want. I think that is really, you learn more about structure, you learn more about terpenes, you learn more about cannabinoids. It's just interfacing with cannabis is one of the most important and one of the biggest benefits of being a bud tender. And we took that out of the market here.
0: Straight up, well yeah. said, well said. And yeah, I just feel, honestly, I feel bad because they're trying to do the best they can. It's like you can't, the, the one thing I've noticed is, yeah, they can't even guarantee you that's that's what I think, you know, like, look, setting aside the fact that I think we need more people licensed and we need to embrace what I call the true spirit of competition and cannabis in Illinois, which would I, I think would lead to the innovation you were speaking about, um, like setting that aside. I think that one thing that would make a consumer feel just a little bit fucking better. As if the purchase did like you're already paying $60 an eighth, eight, whatever it is, you know, if you could just see it and smell it, it would make yeah. it just a little bit like it's, yeah. it's such a leap. And then it's so frustrating when you crack it open and it's yeah. like, it's like, if I would have saw this, yeah, I wouldn't have fucking bought it. Exactly right. Know?
1: Exactly right. I, I think, you know. People that are not in touch with the day-to-day retail operations to think, oh, well, this is easier. I don't have to check out this inventory and stuff. But then they don't consider on the other end that, you know, when you let the consumer check out the product before they leave, then it's on the consumer. You know, when you've, yeah, exactly. When you've, when you're able to do your due diligence, you let the consumer check it out. Then when they come in and they come back and they say, oh, this doesn't smell or look right. You smelled and you looked at it, man. You're in the same, we're in the same situation. And so I, I think a lot of those retail operators that are down low, the bud tenders, the AICs, those people that work inside dispensaries, I think they really do want to be able to let people smell. I think they want to be able to have that. I think, this, I think it's this higher up consideration. It's a much more Excel spreadsheet kind of consideration than it is day-to-day retail. Oh, it,
0: dude, it absolutely is. You hit it right on the head right there. I mean, they want it to be CPG. They want yeah. all of it to be CPG, which means yeah. that you can't have it deli style. I mean, that's yeah. just simply – I've, and I've attended plenty of conferences where the leaders of these companies are saying – and I mean, look, it's in their – they like describe themselves as wanting to lead in cannabis CPG. So it's not like it's a secret or anything. No. Like They're totally yeah. upfront about it, and it's just – it all has to do with risks. I mean, I was in – I was in a dispensary in Michigan. It, this had I've told this story on the show before, but it's just a funny story. Uh this dude dropped a jar of weed and it just broke yeah. and there's just weed everywhere. And I was just trying to make him laugh because I knew it fucking sucked. And like his manager was like, Oh, dude, you know, I could see his manager kind of give him a hard time. And so I was like, I was just trying to make him laugh. And I took a leap and I said, Oh, is that how you guys make your pre-rolls? and uh yeah he did like i thought he was gonna laugh about it but he was just like in a rough spot there and so when i left i was like hey man i'm sorry i wasn't trying like i wasn't trying to kick you while you were down i was hoping to get a little giggle out of you or something but
1: i've been the dude that dropped the the glass jar with the six ounces of weed in it before let me tell you there's just a minute there where your heart breaks no matter what no matter how in charge you are or no matter how much your boss says oh it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. man it's just hard Mm -hmm. yeah I, I just think that uh, we'll we'll get there, you know, yeah. in this state. Just, uh, yeah.
0: just time, time, right? Yeah, just time. Well, like it was uh,
1: for legalization, just time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, a point that Brad Spearson made when he came on the show was that, you know, he wasn't disagreeing that any of the points we've talked about today are invalid. Sometimes you just got to do what you do, can do to break through. And it was 100%. like, he's like weed, Chicago, illegal. Like, how do you change that? Right. You start start small. We got what we got. And now we have a list of things that should change. I mean, it's pretty glaring. That fucking home growth thing you mentioned in Missouri is like, on one hand, I was really excited about him, but I didn't. Re- and I knew you had to sign up, but I didn't realize you had to submit plans and let the cops come Square footage. Check it out.
1: You have to submit square footage where your plants are going to be, what the locks are, the the listing for how you're going to lock it. And it's not that the cops will every time come check it. Sure. But you essentially sign over your rights to search and seizure. I mean, it's like Fourth Amendment law. <laughs> essentially, they can come into your home at any time if they want to. They get to decide. Oh well, you know, now we're checking you out, and you know, not to say that this will happen or that this happens all the time. But there are some police officers out there that could use that ability to go into somebody's home if they don't have probable cause. Right. And so, I don't think anybody should be giving up more rights for cannabis home growth. It's The most ridiculous thing in the world. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's sad. Uh, that's sad, but at least, at least we are aware of it. And so, hopefully, you know, they can institute some sort of change. It does sound like it'll be difficult to get that change in Missouri, but you know. At least we've identified it, you know, that's, that's one thing about doing it wrong is that we can all see it and talk about how we should do it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, I know we've, we've gone all over the place, but I've had a lot of uh, fun doing it, uh, with you today. Um, any other thoughts on like Missouri cannabis that we haven't touched on? Um,
1: there's some really high quality producers over in Missouri. Um, there really are. They're, simply, yet again, that's an innovation thing. Yeah. When you have a market that has three times the amount of competition, you you have to do better. And sure. so, uh, I'll be really intrigued to see where they're at in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, are they're actually they're developing a lot of spaces over there? St. Louis has got a space that's going to be developed where essentially open consumption will be allowed. There's a going to be an entire uh a district for entertainment in Kansas City that's being founded where open consumption will be allowed along this this entire boardwalk. They're going to Rock it's on. it's essentially a cannabis area. And of why we don't have those kind of things here, it just I mean, it really is shooting us in the foot. Um but yeah, I, I think it's easy to get your Missouri medical card if anybody wants to. Um <laughs> but I think, yeah. I agree with with your assessment, Brad's. It's just, you know, make the best of the situation you do have. It. There was a time in my life, and I'm only 32, where I never thought, I never thought cannabis would be illegal. I I thought we would have to deal with that, the black market, and whatever you got, and just that's it forever. And yeah. so, being able to see this is just, this is amazing. You push hard on all the things you can, and in five, ten years, man. I can't wait until we're at that, that golden place where I want to be is I want to be able to legally put a, a hand-drawn sign down at the end of my road that says a dozen eggs, a dollar an ounce, 30 bucks, you know, and then just have people come down to the farm and do that. I think that's important.
0: Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we got to get there. Cause I mean, Illinois is Illinois is that state, you know, where the state of, you know, agriculture we, for, we are you know. an
1: ag state people don't realize people people focus on chicago this is an agricultural state mm-hmm. we should be growing the best wheat in the world here yeah we really really should and there's a lot of talent in this state and i think 100 we we just tied our hands with these regulations if we can get around them get past them we really have the potential to grow our market into something special
0: yeah, yeah, and I mean in other ways too. You know, I think you're absolutely right. We could grow some dank weed and everything like that. But you know, some of these farmers don't realize. I've, I've talked to like uh, Carla Gage from SIU, and she was talking about you know using hemp as a cover crop. And like, I, I you don't even have to get into weed farmers. You know, you just take no. advantage of the cannabis plant, and you will reap the benefits. You know, yeah. like, and it is
1: very easy and very cheap to get a hemp license in the state.
0: Yeah, I was talking to David Lakeman and he was literally like, dude, if you would have submitted one this morning, you would have been walking out with one today.
1: And 100%. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I wish. And you do not need a ton of land if you're a small landowner and you'd like to experiment with it. I encourage people to do that. It's less than $500 to get started. Uh, and, uh hemp is amazing for all kinds of things. They're using it, there's a company called Tiger Fiber over in Missouri that's using it to produce bedfill for animal Animal fill, and then uh, they're going to start working on hempcrete, the concrete made from hemp, um, bioremediation. There's a lot of stuff where you, you can plant hemp, hemp in grounds that are poisoned with heavy metals, and it will pull heavy metals out of the ground. Right. So th- there's just so much potential. I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, The Emperor Has No Clothes. by Jack Harer, really the reason I got into cannabis. I read, I read Harer's book at 15. And I was absolutely 100% convinced that it was the only way we're going to save the world. And I really still believe that. You know, the the seed has the only, it's one of the only seeds in the world that has all the amino acids. You can live off of hemp seeds as your protein and your fat source. You know, you can make clothes out of it. We can make buildings out of it. We can save the ground. We can make medicine. I think there's a lot of potential. And I think the last hundred years of prohibition have really just kind of screwed us on that. And it's really up to you and I and everyone like us to push that forward, push that idea that we can still save the world with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to give folks a little bit of an idea on your point you just made, like to put it shortly, like there's a reason we don't have like a combine for hemp or cannabis. Like it's because literally we cut off access to things like that when we were really pioneering all that technology so yeah, yeah. cannabis was just thrown by the wayside as, as a yeah. result
1: it was really the the invention of the hemp decorticator which pushed this idea that oh we probably need to do something about hemp and and inspired some of those early laws and that's those tax stamp laws that illegalized it especially people that were owning a lot of paper mills and tree companies yeah so, yep. yeah well hey i wanted to
0: bring this up this is a Totally random person on Twitter, so whether or not – it doesn't even sound like – actually, maybe I'm remembering wrong. But I don't feel like these numbers match up to what you had said earlier, but they asked – so I made a tweet. I don't even know what I tweeted. Let's see what I tweeted. Oh, it's the analyst perspective (laughs) thing. Oh, yeah, that's the
1: perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I was just saying that the limitations Illinois cannabis operators pushing for Mm -hmm. are you know, maybe leading to their downfall as they embrace a more liberal cannabis policy. And this person set, replied to me and said, Missouri industry couldn't make money with 300K patients, and they won't with 6 mil. Volume doesn't make you better at capitalists or anything, cannabis for that matter. But my thing is, like, is that even true? I know it's somebody's opinion, so it's like, but like, what do you think about that? Because I didn't know how to address it.
1: I know there are already many profitable companies in, in cannabis in Missouri. Uh, yeah. Overall, yeah, the industry did see some some. And tough I don't think, there, but I don't think that's. At all. This is the
0: one I meant to show you. Uh My bad. That one is no, kind of like that one is more kind of a opinion one. He said that. What do you think about this one? He said Missouri's industry just bought themselves a three-year monopoly. So those prices, you're they're replying to me because I was saying the prices are better. Right, the prices are better. He's like the prices you're swooning over are short-lived and will skyrocket in coming months. State of the art facility. I mean, obviously, this is a yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, opinion yeah, yeah, statement, yeah. but it, yeah. uh, what do you, yeah? What do you think about this?
1: I, I, everybody's. There's a lot of folks with a lot of strong opinions in cannabis. Sure, I really, but no, I, I, there's just there's not a lot there. Uh, the three year monopoly idea is pretty silly, especially when you're already facing Illinois, especially when you're already facing <laughs> they have Oklahoma on the other side, and I don't know if you know about Oklahoma, but it's a, that's a real wild west over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard I've heard a little bit. I don't I can't say that I like know a lot about it. But yeah, I always when whenever people let's just say this, whenever people are arguing for limited licenses or limiting licenses, they they point to Oregon or Oklahoma as examples of why we should. Yeah,
1: no, I get that. Um, No, I think Missouri I just don't see that there's not a lot of business perspective there. They were already sitting on quite a surplus of cannabis uh, at the beginning of adult use. And especially with more production facilities coming online, there's simply no way that they're going to do that. Um, I do have one interesting aside, though, in that Missouri cannabis is not as, uh, you know, it's not perfect, simply (laughs) similar to us. Sure. Uh, One of the really wild stories that came out is that, uh, so they did not get legally charged for this, but a cultivator was sued by a uh, production company, somebody who produces concentrates out of biomass they buy from other cultivators. Uh Uh, And then the cultivator got shut down because they were bringing in cannabis from Oklahoma and selling it all in Missouri. Yeah and selling it on the Missouri medical market. And then when they raided the uh, the grow, they found a bunch of like they found like AK47s and like just all kinds of completely egregious illegal stuff. So to say that Missouri is uh, is perfect at all is is not true and that there're still some people out there that will do some ridiculous things.
0: Sure. Well, hey, I mean, you know, to the point of the AK-47s and stuff, it's like if you're transporting that much cannabis and everything else, you need some protection, even the, no, even, the uh, even the operators. Uh, but anyways, I know I was just trying to make a joke. Um, so uh, I've got an easy question for you that I think everybody wants to hear about. And you kind of already – I feel like you kind of already mentioned it, but I'm a little high, so the name already is out of my head. But do you have recommendations for people oh, yeah. that are going to Missouri – And like, I don't know, hit us with flour, concentrate, locations, whatever. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So I worked for high profile. Uh, We'll go ahead and preface for that. I will recommend there. They are the biggest purveyors of deli style in the state. So if you want to see those jars, if you want to smell the weed, go in there. Uh, As far as brands of flour, I am huge on Vivid. Uh, They're an independent company over there that's doing it huge, but they do a really great production. Uh, They're LA Baker. And their Floral Oranges, which are out, are fantastic strains. Uh, if you're looking for anything concentrate-related, Head Change is the company I would go with. They're out of St. Louis. Uh, their production of rosin is fantastic. But even they're just their standard butters are really nice, heavy in terpenes. Uh, they had a 17% terpene concentrate the other day that I was checking out. Really great stuff. Um, but as far as dispensaries over there, I, I like high-profile. Um I like uh Good Day Farms and I like uh organic remedies, all have really great selections and they're in several locations. Um but yeah, the biggest thing for Missouri is just go try stuff. There are there are still little labels coming online all the time. There are still all these companies that are the you know, they're just starting to innovate. They're just starting to get to this point where uh we have adult use. There are people that have been really focused on producing for medical patients, and now they've got this idea that, oh, there's a whole new market. And so just head over there and try as much as you can. I think that's the best thing about it is just that people get the option. You're never going to be, you know, you become a better cannabis user the more you use. (laughs) So I, I think just as much variety as possible is important. Hell, hell
0: yes. Try it, get to know it, all that good stuff. Well, I'm excited to uh, go over to Missouri. Um, I will definitely hit you up when I do that because – well, I'll also be returning to those suggestions you just gave. But yeah, I'm just curious to hear um, how the market continues to evolve, and um, I'm just so excited that we are in this place where, like you said earlier, I hope somebody feels a little bit of pressure. Like, let's fucking do something you know, like, I'm sorry to keep bringing up Brad Spearson, but another good point he made was that like, you know, the first web browser was made in Champaign, Illinois. And the guy that did that, like was looking for funding in Illinois, couldn't find it. Sound familiar? Yeah. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Couldn't open his business here in Illinois. So he went to another state, California, you know, Silicon Valley, that whole thing. I think that's that's where he ended up going to, to find some capital. And it's like, do we want to squander another opportunity like that? Like that lit the internet browser changed the world.
1: Yeah. And I don't, really I don't mean
0: to be cheesy, but I think, yeah, cannabis could too.
1: No, this is the biggest, this is one of the biggest potential industries in this country that really since the, since the internet revolution, you know, if you look at, if you just look at it in the perspective of alcohol, there's a $200 billion a year industry. And then you apply the idea that can it can be additionally medicine, it can be construction material, it can be clothing, it can be food. You know, just a just a two x, just a three x, and you're already up near you know half a trillion dollars in potential business every year. Um, I think that prohibition clouded a lot of people's ideas about the profitability of cannabis and the potential uses. And I think the people that are at the forefront are the people that are thinking about it with first principles. They are not considering the stuff from the past. They're looking at the plant. They're looking at people now and they're saying what we can do. I think that's important. I think that's what helps Missouri. Um, Yeah, it's really 100%. There are great people here in the Illinois cannabis industry. There are really, really so much potential. Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to make a change to really unlock it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just want to, I, I'm going to have this again in the podcast description for folks, but um, just displaying, you can follow Leslie on Twitter, hey. um, on Instagram, you mentioned on YouTube as well, so I'll be sure to grab those links from you, and I just, dude, I want to congratulate you. I couldn't think of a better person to be the it's content director at Illinois news. Yes, is that yeah, correct?
1: Chief Content director,
0: chief yeah. content director. I couldn't think of a better person because I, it's hard for me to keep up with everybody's content. I try to follow as many content creators as I can from Illinois, but let me just say that whenever I do see your content, one of the ones I mentioned to you before the show is I saw you were teaching people how to get their Missouri medical card. Like, Just things like that, like it's really helpful. And so like when I see things like that, I just have to like appreciate it. And uh, I wanted to just kind of say that out loud for the record, you know, that like content like that is really what helps the people. Like you're bridging that connection. People know things are wrong. And sometimes like you mentioned earlier, it takes seeing that to realize what the potential could be, right? And then that, maybe even inspires the question of, okay, this is good, but how much better could it What's get? Better. Exactly right. right. Thank you. Exactly yes. Right.
1: I'm hundred percent. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've been working Illinois news joint for, you know, I've been submitting stuff for a couple of years now. And so to be able to take it full time, really, really exciting. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for Illinois cannabis, despite everything that, that we've said in Missouri and all yeah. this push and everything. It's going to be one of the biggest years from Illinois cannabis since legalization, simply mm-hmm. because everybody's allowed to finally come online. You're going to see more labels added to our menus this year than probably ever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, what I'm really excited about, I'm curious on your perspective, um, summer 2023, baby, like, you know, I felt like the last few summers, there's been a little bit of hesitation with COVID and everything else. But like, I really... Have this feeling because we've been having some events here and there, you know, and I've heard some cool stuff that like high-minded events is doing and whatever where you can consume and such mm-hmm. at the party. Um, I really hope, but I feel like summer of 2023 is going to be like where you hopefully start to see more events here and there. Because I feel like the cannabis culture is when people get together and can have these conversations. I feel like that is going to swing things a lot, you know, too. So Yeah
1: there's been this real groundswell for the last couple of years of people like, Oh, I, we would have done it. If not for this, we right. would have done it if not for this. And yeah, I, I really do think we're done with, and not for this. I, this is going to be the big year. There's a lot of industry, a lot of industry folks we're already talking to that are pushing for events this year. So I'm definitely excited. And hopefully I'll catch you at a few of them.
0: I was going to say, yeah, maybe I'll see it a few, but if not, we'll just have to make something happen. Um, yeah. If I'm heading over to Missouri, maybe I'll holler at you and we can,
1: let me know if you ever get
0: down. Hell yeah.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm I'm here.
0: <laughs> sweet. Sweet man. Well, sounds good. Well, hey, uh just wanted to ask before we get off is is there anything else you want to plug or is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there any other topics that, you know, big stories or whatever that we should whatever?
1: <laughs> uh no. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, bring my reviews on Illinois News joints, check us out. Um yeah, a lot, a lot more coming this year. And hopefully I'll come back on the show. We'll we'll pick another topic to discuss.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Seriously, just let okay. me know. And uh, looking forward to the next time we chat. It's truly been a pleasure. I had so much fun uh, chatting with you this afternoon. So folks, connect with Lasley online. Those links will be in the podcast description. Um, if you like killer content and killer information like this, connect directly to the source <laughs> so um yeah seriously man truly a pl- uh, truly a pleasure looking forward to the next time so
1: thank you very much can't wait until yeah. next time man. have a good one. Yeah.
0: take care